0: I thank God for the beautiful spirit in the heart that she has. I just sense that every time we see her. She has such a beautiful heart. She's going to do great things for God. And I want you to give it up while you're standing up on your feet. I want you to give it up for Miss Amy Stockstill. Don't sit, don't sit. You guys who are sitting, come on and stand. Like Pastor Kathy said, I am a speaking coach, a communicating coach. I teach young women how to communicate the gospel through a ministry that God uh, led me to start in 2017. And we are going to kick this conference off with a little bit of teaching and coaching in communication, if that's okay with you guys, because that's my most favorite thing to do. So I'm going to ask a sweet friend of mine who came to one of my Echo weekends when I was just barely getting off the ground. Her name is Mindy. Come on up here, Mindy. This is a beautiful girl who can preach the house down herself from New York. It's freezing and snowing up there, and she's down here, and so we're glad about that. So what I'm going to do for you guys is Mindy's going to put 30 seconds on the clock. The first 10 seconds, what we're going to do is just make silly faces. Because here's the thing. We feel like in order to be taken seriously, we have to be very serious. And this is not the Lord. I feel like the Lord's given me two spiritual gifts that maybe didn't make it into the Bible, but they're spiritual gifts nonetheless. One is fun. I love to have fun. Fun is a way that I fight battles. And another one is pushing slash pulling people out of their comfort zone. So this is what we're gonna do, 10 seconds, you're just gonna make all the silly faces in the world. This, not a silly face. This is your beautiful, lovely, adoring face. Not silly. I'm talking silly faces that you would just die if Sean caught on the camera and put on Facebook. (laughs) Like, silly faces. So 10 seconds, silly faces. 10 seconds, silly noises. (laughs) And I'm gonna, I'm really gonna help you out because for the first 20 seconds, you do not have to make eye contact. (laughs) Silly faces, silly noises and silly faces. Silly faces, silly noises, silly movements, and eye contact. (laughs) Oh, what everybody hates. (laughs) So, all right, Mindy. Let's go ahead and put 30 seconds on the clock. And Mindy's going to be our, don't start it Mindy's going to be up here uh, illustrating greatly for you guys. So she's not just the timer. She's trying to beat all of y'all, and I think she can win. You ready? First 10 seconds, silly faces. You all ready? Go! All the silly faces you can make! Here come the noises! no teeth so for me to be up here speaking is only the Lord for you guys I do love to have a ton of fun part of it is because I just my personality is fun a big part of it is that my husband and I go through a good amount of suffering he's a dialysis patient he's here I want to honor him that's my hubby So fun is a way for me to fight battles. Fun is a way for me to praise the Lord when I'm having a hard time. Fun is a way for me to shake things up a little bit and let the enemy know whatever you got is not good enough because I got the Lord in me. So we're going to have some fun, but we're also going to go a little deep tonight. I want to honor Pastor Kathy. Thank you for having me. And Minister Annette and Heather and Aaron who God has really tied my heart to. Thank you, Aaron. I love you. I am so honored to be here with you guys, and I am thankful to be standing on the shoulders of so many amazing women women who have gone before me. Tonight, we are going to talk about the title of this message for all you note takers is Don't Dodge the Dig. <laughs> We're going to pray, and then I'll get started. Jesus, oh, we love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Thank you for the gift of the binions. Woo! Thank you for that voice you've given, Nicole. Thank you for dwell. We bless dwell. Thank you for abundant life, God. Thank you that we are free to gather as strong women in America and open our Bibles whenever we want and open our mouths whenever we want. We praise you, Lord. And I thank you for the women in this room that are going to have the courage to sit and to stay in the deep hard conversations that you're bringing their way for the good of those that are around them. In your name we pray, amen. 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 We're going to be in John 4, the woman at the well. We're going to end on this verse, but I want to start with it to let you know where we are going. This is from the Passion Translation, which is my new favorite translation on the face of the earth. I love it. So poetic. I feel like the whole Bible is just coming alive to me. And this is John 4, verse 39. So there were many from the Samaritan village who became believers in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. Because of the woman's testimony. Not just one, but many in the entire village. We are at the woman at the well. And we're going to talk through how Jesus has conversations. Pray and the Lord encourages us a ton and the Lord gives us little nuggets and he speaks to us through amazing communicators that we have in our nation today and even around the world. But sometimes the Lord, Jesus, wants to sit with us at the well and have a deep conversation. When we read the Word of God, it's very, very layered. That's why a million different people can read the Bible and get a a new message out of it because it's very layered. And I believe the woman at the well, the story is also symbolic for a conversation that Jesus has with you that's going to dig a little. Have anybody ever been in a conversation that makes you like a little, when can I get out of this conversation? Makes you jig a little, like I don't like this, makes you cringe, makes you like step back. Or like fidget in your chair. Like, I really don't like this heat right now. I really don't like this accountability. I'm really not sure why you're talking to me about this. I thought we were clear that this was a no talk zone. But Jesus, he goes after what we don't wanna talk about. A few months ago, I was praying for a girl and I've been asking, I grew up Southern Baptist, but I've been asking the Lord for 12 years now to give me the gift of prophecy. Because Paul says there's no greater gift that we can desire. And prophecy is just, all it is, is it reveals the heart of God. That's what prophecy is. It reveals the heart of God for you. So this is not a big scary word, but I was praying over a girl and the Lord gave me a word for her. I never thought of this word before. And I I did not know that it was coming, but I laid my hands on her. And as soon as the word started coming out of my mouth, the Lord said, this is for you too. And it's for other women that you're gonna speak to. He said, if you want to be a deep well, you have to endure the digging stage. This is the Rise and Release Conference. We want to be raised up by Christ and we want him to release us. And you know what that's going to take? That's going to take some digging. It's going to take a little bit of an uncomfortable for us to go. If we want to go high, we got to go deep. If you want a big old tall skyscraper, you got to go deep in the foundation. And the Lord digs deep in us through conversation. Through the hard things that we go through, through the things that we wish no one ever knew about us. Much less we definitely don't want to talk about it. But Jesus says, let's go there, girl. I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty. Let's do this. Let's go ahead and go there. Let's make it happen. The degree you allow him to dig is the degree that you will be able to make a difference. You want to make a difference, you got to let him dig. You want to do something big for God, you better let the hole be real big. You got to let him dig out what's been there. Recently, I read about a thing, a real thing called permafrost. This is when the soil is frozen for more than two years. In Siberia, some parts of permafrost are actually 5,000 feet deep. That's almost a mile, y'all. And some of us our hearts are pure permafrost. Solid. You're like, "I am permafrost." <laughs> you try to dig on me. Watch me dig these heels in. You try to you try to say, "Hey, I, I've noticed you had a little bit of attitude." What attitude? Excuse me. See all this work I've been doing around here? Or the Lord will say, hey, he'll put his finger on your heart. Because even though he's gentle, he also is not afraid to get up in your business. And he will put his finger on your heart and say, hey, this attitude. Hey, this way of thinking. Hey, this relationship that you have with this person who's always so negative. Or, hey, did you know you're the one in the relationship that's always so negative? Couch. He will have conversations with us. It's like, sister, this is not who you are. This is not who I created you to be. And if the reason that he has these conversations that are so not easy is because he sees your full potential. He sees where you can go. He sees that maybe an entire village can be saved because of you. And he's not afraid to start with the conversation. Another thing about permafrost is that you know there's permafrost way down under the surface because cracks begin to appear on the surface. And as much as we can hold it together, sometimes a little curse word comes out. That's a crack. There's permafrost going on. Some of y'all are like, no, I'm just soft and tender. Boop. I weep before the Lord constantly. Then someone cuts you off. You start flipping them off. Permafrost, sister, something's going on in there. Cracks begin to appear in the way we respond to different things. Little things. Little things. The other day, I'm going to just show y'all a crack. Y'all ready? The other day, I was in the grocery store. And in our grocery store in Central Market, which is a beautiful, amazing grocery store, there's flowers everywhere right before you get up to the the cashier people. And I'm always distracted by the flowers because they're pretty. And I'm just a girl. I'm just looking at the flowers. I go to push my cart. I'm looking at the flowers, but I'm in line. Clearly, I'm in the line. Like, I'm partway turned. I mean, my face is this way, but my body and my spirit are this way. Pick up on the clues, lady. <laughs> Pushing the buggy, looking. I look up, she cuts me off. Well, I'm about to run into the back of your feet, lady. I don't care how old you are. <laughs> I'm mowing you down. Also, I have like four things, and you have an entire buggy. That was so rude. Crack. It wasn't about the buggy or the old lady, even though that was rude. It was about all these other issues that were going on in my heart. And we all have different things that are going on in our hearts, and it comes out on the surface. Have you ever responded in in a way that you were actually surprised? Like, where did that even come from? Whoa! Like, you take on a whole other voice and everything? (laughs) Excuse me. Well, who do you think you are? And you even start having fake conversations, that's when you know it's permafrost. <laughs> when you got a whole conversation going on and it ain't said a word. Well, wait, let me just tell you what I'm going to just. I hope something happens to your car out there. I hope all your buggies fall out. I hope when you pick up that bag, it falls out completely. And I hope you step on those grapes. Right? Permafrost. Cracks. And the Lord, he's so sweet and he's so patient, but he came to give you salvation, not only from hell, but he came to make you whole here on earth. And the way that we get whole is by Jesus digging a hole, get it? You want to be whole, you've got to let Jesus dig some stuff out. You've got to say, okay, Lord, this might get real ugly but I'm okay if that's what you need to do. Okay, Lord, this might get real uncomfortable. I might have to start talking about that abuse that I've hidden for my whole life. I don't wanna. That's one of my most favorite phrases. (laughs) I don't wanna. Joel says, you ready to go to church? I don't wanna, I don't wanna. But do do whatever you gotta do, Lord, but I don't wanna. Hey, let's go ahead and talk about uh, maybe how terrible you're stewarding your finances right now. Gosh, but I don't want to. Let's talk about that relationship that you've been avoiding, that mom, that dad that you've been broken off from for 5, 10, 15 years. Let's start talking about that. Oh, no, I don't want to. I think I'll just spend another Christmas alone. Maybe a child that you're separated from. There's deep issues going on. But if you allow God to dig The fruit that will come, the harvest that will come will surpass any pain that it's going to take for you to get right and real with the Lord. I'm going to make a few observations about the woman at the well. A lot of people have preached about the woman at the well. There's tons of different ideas about, you know, most people in America feel like, oh, she was just sin for horrible, she had all these husbands, she was just no good, she came in the middle of the day because she didn't want to be around anybody. And that that is one, there's no proof of that, that's just speculation. Another one is that this woman had been, had been married several times, the woman at the well. She was a Samaritan, Jesus was a Jew, they hated each other, they each equally thought that the other one was no good and had abandoned the real religion Yahweh and this woman she had five husbands and the one that she was living with she wasn't even married to so some people just think she was no good down and dirty but there's other explanations that say hey maybe she lost husbands because we don't know why she had so many husbands you know people do that to us we're going through something that, oh yeah we know why that happened girl you don't know nothing my business Mind your business, mind your business, or I'll mind it for you. Just kidding. There could have been in that day, men could up and divorce their their wife with no explanation. Maybe they just saw some little girl walking by, divorce. Y'all know what would happen if Joel Stockstill tried to pull something like that on me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He would never. But there are there could be other reasons. Just I want to just make some observations about this. Jesus was at the well before she ever got there. Jesus was here in this place before you ever came. He's waiting on us to have a conversation with him. He's waiting on us to come. And this was just during her everyday normal deal. She was just going to get water. Jesus will meet you in your everyday life. He's waiting on shows up before you can Jesus was a Jew a man this woman who has no name a Samaritan usually Jewish men especially would not even walk on the same side of the road as a woman much less a Samaritan they were they were hated rival enemies yet Jesus was there at the well waiting on her Still to this day, you guys, if you try to go into Samaria, there's a sign that says to the Israelites, if you pass through this way, we will not help you. You are on your own, child. We ain't trying to come to rescue you because you know that we're enemies. Still to this day. And what's so great about John, he puts so many details. This conversation, you guys, is the longest conversation that Jesus had with an individual that's recorded in history. I mean, in the Bible. This tells us that this is such an important conversation. And John recorded lots of details. And one of the details is that he said Jesus had to go to Samaria. Now, most Jews actually went the long way around so they would not have to go through Samaria. But God wanted us to know that Jesus had to go through Samaria because there was a woman he had to meet. Not only one woman, he didn't just do it for her, although he would have. He did it for her so that the gospel could be released to the Samaritan village. He went out of his way to talk to her. And Jesus will go out of his way to talk to you. He'll go out of his way to have a conversation with you because he knows that you are tied to so many other people. He's not just looking at you. He's looking at everybody who will come to, hit, to know him because of you, because of your testimony, because you decided to stay in the hard conversation. She could have up and left that conversation. And we're not going to read it all because it's really long. But Jesus got a little sassy and she got a little sassy back. I think this is why I relate to her. I'm like, yeah, girl. Another observation, she did not know that it was Jesus. We have the luxury today of reading the Bible and understanding, oh, this is Jesus, duh. She did not know that. She didn't know that he was the son of man. She didn't know that he came from heaven and put, get in this nasty little body and roamed around on earth and did miracles. She did not know that. Sometimes we do not recognize that it's Jesus who's speaking to us. She didn't recognize that it was Jesus. Sometimes Jesus shows up to us in a form that we cannot recognize. But it doesn't mean that it's not him. Sometimes he shows up to us in the form of someone that we don't like. Samaritans did not like Jews. Sometimes he shows up to us in a form that we do not like. We're like, I ain't got no time for you. But Jesus says, yeah, you might want to sit down with this one. Jesus can speak to us and have conversations with us through whoever he wants. Sometimes it's people you don't know, like me. Here I am having a conversation with you. Hopefully you like me, but you don't know me. Jesus will use whatever means possible to get your attention, to have a conversation with you. To say, girl, I see where you are here at the well alone midday, but I see where you're going, which is to the entire village of Samaria. I can see you're now, and I can see where you're going. And where you're going is much better than where you are right now. There's glory in your future. There's purpose in your future. There's destiny in your future. But sit right here with me at the well for a second, because we got to go deep. We got to go deep right now. There's a few things about the way that Jesus talked with her. In verse 7, the first thing that he says to her is, will you give me a drink? Immediately she's like, what, me? I'm a Samaritan woman. Like Jesus didn't know she was a woman. Jesus had to point that out. I'm a woman, why are you talking to me? This is what we do. Jesus asked us for a little something that we can already do. She was already going to the well to get water. Jesus asked her for something she was already doing. And she says, me? Why are you asking me to do that? Does it look like I have a bucket? Does it look like I came here to get water for you? No. This is a conversation that Jesus is having with her about her insecurities. And he'll have the same conversation with us. He will ask us to do things that we're like, oh, I don't think I can do that. I don't know if I can do that. He'll he'll ask us to start something. I believe there's pioneers in this room that you have a dream and God's been asking you, hey, would you do this for me? And you say, oh, not me. Why are you asking me to do that? Why are you asking me to get water? And he says, you have all the tools that you need. You have the bucket, here's the well, put the bucket in the well. And you say, I can't do that. I can't can't do that for you, especially. God is asking us to step up and do something. And we say, I can't do that. Don't ask me to do that. Ask her, ask her, ask anybody but me, because you don't know what's going on in my heart. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know who I am. And Jesus says, That's exactly why I asked you. All the things that we think disqualify us are exactly why God asked us to do something. We got to flip that script on the enemy. He will speak to us about our insecurities. Because our insecurities limit us. God's saying, don't dodge a dig on this, sister. Let's get this out of here. Let's get that insecurity. Let's get that comparison. Let's mine that out of there. We say, oh, but don't, don't touch that one. Don't touch that one. Maybe a lot of us, maybe don't think you're smart enough. I know I battled with this for years. Like I said, I come from LP. We are known for very poor education. I come from Louisiana. I think Mississippi is the only other state. Is it called a state? I don't know, just kidding, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Country that has very poor education. So I'm thinking, I can't do anything for God. I don't understand that. The amount of times I have heard my own self say, I don't understand that. You know, like I said, the cracks. What do you hear yourself saying often? They don't like me. She doesn't like me. She won't look at me. She doesn't give me the time of the day. They won't use me in this church. They don't think I'm good enough. They they won't give me a place here. These are clues because what comes out of our mouth is what's in our heart. It's what's in our heart. You feel like, and Jesus will have a conversation because, you know, he hears all, even the things that we don't say. So many times it says that Jesus answered their thoughts. He knows what we think. He knows what we say. And he wants to address those things that you feel like disqualify you. Whatever that may be, I don't have the look. I'm not trendy enough. I'm not tall enough. I'm not short enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not big enough. I don't have enough. I don't know enough people. I don't have a good education. I don't ha- I've never had a man. I- I've had way too many men. I'm too old. I'm too young. We have all these things that come out of our mouth. And the Lord says, let's address what's coming out of your mouth. Because in your mouth lies the power of death and life. Let's get it over to life. Let's dig out the death. Let's dig out the rot. Let's dig out the decay and let's move it over into life. This is what Jesus comes to do. He also talks with her about her doubt. He says, If you knew who I was and the gift that I have to offer, you would get living water. You know what her response is? But you don't have a bucket. I got a bucket, but you don't have a bucket. How are you going to give me living water? This well is deep and you have no bucket and you have no rope. What are you talking about? This is what we do. We come straight into the natural when Jesus is trying to talk to us about spiritual things. When Jesus is trying to say, I can restore any relationship. And you can say, yeah, but you don't know her. How are you going to get past that? He, he He wants to talk with us about faith. Because faith is the only thing that pleases him. And faith overcomes our doubt. We doubt, She was doubting Jesus. She was doubting herself. She's like, you don't even have a bucket. You don't even know what you're talking about. What are you saying? This situation is too big for you, God. My husband needs two kidneys. You can't do that. He's like, child, I made the first two kidneys. I can make the second two kidneys in my sleep. Or whatever it is that you need. But in our natural state, we start throwing up. But the doctor said this, but, but his arm's not going to last that long. But we've seen in the past what, ha- what has happened, Lauren. But he's done 3,000 treatments, God. But and doubt, doubt, doubt. That's what's coming out of my mouth. And the Lord says to me, Amy, sister, I love you. Let's talk about this Doubt. And whatever it may be for you, maybe you have been praying and praying and praying for a child to come to the Lord. And you say, but God, he moved to L.A. You know what happens to people who move to L.A., God? (laughs) Or New York City, wherever. Or Jamaica, I don't know, wherever your child's at. We say, but Lord, they're too wrapped up. Or maybe they're off with the wrong person, and you are just so afraid that that person is going to be your daughter-in-law. You're like, Lord, save us all. And God is saying, I can get to her. Maybe I can save her through your love. Not through your strong arm. But through your love. We even doubt the way God works because it's mysterious and his ways are higher and his thoughts are higher and we don't understand him sometimes. Sometimes he says crazy stuff like eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. You're like, what? That is weird. When he said that, a bunch of people were like, deuces, this dude is weird. I ain't trying to follow anybody that wants me to be a cannibal. They didn't understand what he was saying. And sometimes God says stuff to us that we do not understand. But just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's not him. Just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's not him. Man, he will do stuff that makes no sense. I think he told Peter to go and get a fish and to look in the mouth of the fish and there was gonna be a coin there where they could pay taxes. And the brother went fishing, caught a fish, paid the tax. That is wild. I'm like, does that still work in 2018? Cause I got some shoes that I would like to buy and I don't mind fishing as long as somebody puts the bait on the hook. Lord, will you do it again? But he wants to talk to us about our insecurities. He wants to talk to us about our doubt. And later on in the verse, as he's talking with her, it's a a lengthy conversation. But I feel like the last thing is he really wants to talk with us about our process. Finally, she, she keeps trying to make it religious and shallow. And finally, she just says, okay, Lord, or okay, if you if you're, can give me this water, if you can give me this living water, go ahead and do it. That way I will never have to come back here and carry this bucket all this long way. I'd love to have that. Go ahead and give it to me. This is not what Jesus is talking about. We sometimes want an immediate fix. We want to bring it to the Lord one time and say, hey, can you get rid of this doubt? Can you get rid of this fear? Can you get rid of this person that I don't want to be my daughter-in-law? Can you get rid of her? And the Lord says, hey, I have you in the process. It's going to take a a little bit of time. We don't just step over into glory. We go from glory to glory, from faith to faith. And this is what it looks like a lot of times. Little bitty, little bitty, little bitty. I think it's in Ezekiel, the Lord says, I'm going to give you the land little by little. Otherwise, if I just gave it all to you, the wild animals would take you over. Little by little, step by step, decision by decision, praise by praise. Little steps. It's a process. He's not a genie. God is not a genie in a bottle. He's like, I'm going to grow you up, my dear sister. I'm going to help you. I'm going to be with you along the way. Take my hand. Let's do this together. And I'm the one that sets the pace. Have you ever been walking with someone? Joel's legs are like 18 times longer than mine. And we'll be Annie's like, he's 6'5, and I'm 5'3, so I'm, I'm like, I hold his hand like this. <laughs> he's so much taller than me. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> my husband sets the pace for when we walk. And I get a, I, I break a sweat. That's my workout. God sets the pace. He takes us by the hand and he says, I'll lead us. I know how fast you can handle. I know where to go. I know when a turn is coming. I know when the cliff is going to fall. I got us. Put your hand in mine and let me lead. I read an awesome story about the process of a Chinese bamboo. You guys ever heard how a Chinese bamboo grows? They they plant it, they dig a little hole and they put the seed in the hole and then they water it. One whole year, nothing. Then they water it. One whole year, nothing. Then they water it. One whole year, nothing. And this continues for six years. They water it, nothing. Water it, nothing. Water it, nothing. But after six years, They water it, boom. It shoots up within six weeks, 90 feet. Boom. Did it grow in six weeks? Or did it grow in six years? It grew in six years over time. Water, 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 water. Boom. We want the, Jesus, help me. Boom. Sorry about it. You're going to have to pray that prayer about 14,000 more times. <laughs> Jesus, provision. Jesus, provision. Jesus, provision. You living off of Cracker Jacks. Jesus, provision. Up comes a harvest. Jesus, Confidence in you, Jesus. Confidence in you, Jesus. Confidence in you, shake it in your boots, Jesus. Confidence in you, boom. Confidence in the one who made us, but it's not overnight, it's a slow process, it's a slow process, and it happens through continual conversation with the Lord. Lord, how did I do today? Is there anything in me that's displeasing to you, Lord? I'm coming into your sanctuary because, because of Jesus, I can go to the throne whenever I want to. And when I come to the throne, I'm not just gonna ask you to do things for me. I'm gonna ask you to do something to me. I'm gonna ask you for a new heart with new and right spirit. I'm gonna ask you to renew my strength. I'm gonna ask you to change the way I think. I'm gonna ask you to make my life pleasing to you. And I'm going to do it tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day until I see you face to face. This is the conversation that Jesus wants to have with us. The Lord's been doing a lot of digging in me lately. Joel and I went to a financial advisor because we're trying to get our stuff in order. Because the Lord is not going to bless what you don't keep. So we're trying to keep what we can keep so the Lord can bless us some more, so we can do more for the kingdom. And we went to a financial advisor, and he's, like, real, you know, prim and proper. And I kept asking Joel, like, what, what are we doing? I like to know, like, what's happening. I'm like, what are we doing? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, that is not a good enough answer. What are we doing? I don't know. We're just going to go see this guy. He's gonna, we're going to, like, show him everything that we're doing wrong, and he's going to teach us. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes no sense. But, okay, let's go. So we go, super nice guy and I'm a note taker, so I want to take notes. So he's talking, he's saying all this stuff I've never heard before. I'm like, why don't they teach this to people? This is what we need to know. And so I'm, I am read, but I don't have a notepad. So I reach over to try to take a notepad, a, a piece of paper. And he says, oh, do you need a tissue? I'm like, no. Just trying to take notes. Before I know it, tears. I could not catch the tears fast enough. He's like, You want that tissue now? (laughs) Yes, please, Mr. Financial Advisor. Yes, please, I'd like that tissue now. This is what he did. He looked at our finances. It was like like he's a prophetic financial behavioral person. And he looked at our finances and then he said, I'm going to start asking you a few questions. You know when someone asks you if they can ask you questions. (sighs) About to get real serious. So he starts asking a series of questions. Amy, let's look at your patterns of spending. I don't wanna. No, please, don't make me. Let's start looking at these patterns of spending. Okay, so here we see you spent this. It's always at TJ Maxx, so okay, we know that's your favorite store. Uh, let's start, when, let's, okay, we see that you spent a bunch of money this date. When did Joel go in the hospital? The day before. Okay, this is the other time. You went and spent a bunch of money. When did Joel go to the hospital? Oh, the day before. Okay, great. That was just a fluke. Just too, just, that makes no sense. Let's keep digging, keep digging. He says, Amy, can I just say something to you? I think the way that you're coping with your suffering is by shopping. I was like, I think you're right. (laughs) But let's be real. I'm a Christian. What else am I going to do to cope? I'm not going to go to the bar. All right. My options are very limited. Binge on Netflix or shop. All right. Shopping, obviously. And probably Netflix binging same day probably shopping on the internet while I'm watching Netflix. <laughs> if you're real good at coping, that's what you'll do. That was a conversation that God said, "Let me put my finger on this." Cuz this is not me. This is not the best that I have for you. You you coping like this, it doesn't it doesn't really help you, Amy. Come sit right here by me. Let me put my arm around you. Let it sit at this well and let's dig a little deeper. Let me help you. And this is what the Lord has for you. There's different things going on in all of your, all of your lives. Because what I've noticed is that everybody suffers. It's just we suffer in different ways. Everybody has stress. It's just we we carry different stresses, and everybody carries stresses differently. And we live in a broken world with broken families, broken mindsets, broken government. We we live in a world that's struggling, and we're struggling in the world that we live in. But Jesus isn't afraid to get his hands dirty, and we're going to go into some ministry time. And I'm going to ask him to bring out uh, the prop that I have because I'm real visual, and I just I want to give you just a little picture. Because here's the thing, the Samaritan woman, she showed up at the conversation, but she also stayed. And because she stayed in the conversation, she got to see Jesus. We see this with Mary who went to the tomb. She showed up before everybody else. She saw that the tomb was empty. She ran back. She got the apostles. They came, and it says in verse 10, they went in, saw that he wasn't there, and then they went home. But guess what? She stayed. And who got to see Jesus? She did. Then it says that he told her, go and tell the apostles, which were men, go give them this message. She brought the message of Jesus to the apostles because she stayed. God is going to start talking to you. He's going to start digging. And sister, stay. Please stay. He's going to start saying, all right, all right. All right, I see you at the well. I see you at the well. Let me start digging. Let's start talking about that attitude. Let's start talking about that spending, that overspending. Your bank account's way in the negative. Let's start talking about that relationship, sister. Let's start talking about how instead of going to church, you go to the club. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about how many men you've been with in the last year because your father never gave you any attention. Let's talk about it. And Jesus, he's not afraid to get his hands dirty. We think, oh, I can't come to church because of all the things I've ever done. And he says, but I made you out of dirt. You think I'm scared to touch the dirt that you have going on? No, let's dig. Let's dig, because it's not about you. Let's keep digging, because there's a village behind this. Let's keep digging, because there's a community behind this. Let's keep digging, because there may be a whole nation in you. Let's keep digging because there's generations on the inside of you that you can change, that you can shift. Let's keep digging when you don't go to college and the Lord's opened up a door for you and you don't think you're smart enough to make it through college. Let's dig. Let's keep digging because sooner or later, if you stay in the conversation, he will shift. And then when you dig, the treasure is found. This is rubbing alcohol, but really... The treasure in you is living water, sister. (laughs) This is what he does. The treasure in us, it's not just for ourselves. Because when a whole well is dug, tons of people can come. They can come to the well. They can feed their animals. They can feed their family. They can meet people at the well. It can be a social event. There's all kind of benefits when you endure the digging stage. If you want to be a deep well, which you do, why else would you exist? You don't want to just live a flat life. You don't want to just, you don't want to survive. Some of you in here tonight, you're just surviving. You're waking up every day just saying, if I could just make it through this day, if I could just make it through this night, this is not what God has for you. God has a thriving, amazing, abundant, living water for you. A spring That's not just for you, a spring that can well up for the benefit of an entire community. And I'm just going to end with this because I feel like there are people in this room who you haven't had a super hard time staying in the conversation per se. You've stayed in the conversation. But what you don't have the courage to do is run back to your village and say, come and see a man who told me everything I've ever done. You receive and you receive and you receive and you're faithful and you're diligent to come into the house of the Lord. And then you never tell anyone outside of the house of God who he is. So I'm going to get you to bow your head and close your eyes. And I'm going to ask the Lord to start speaking to you. I'm gonna ask the Lord for you to be open and for him, for the Holy Spirit to put his finger on your heart. And maybe you're here tonight and you're like, all this Jesus talk, I'm not really even sure what you're talking about. Jesus came from heaven in a body lived a perfect, sinless life, died on the cross for you and for me, went to hell, rose from the grave, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he intercedes for you, which just means he prays on your behalf, night and day, because he loves you. And the conversation that he wants to have with you is, I love you, you're worthy of my love. I have my blood ran down the cross to cover every sin you've ever committed. And I'm not afraid of what you've done. And if you haven't accepted Jesus in your heart tonight, I'm going I'm to just ask you, if you want this living water, if you don't want to just survive, if you want to thrive, if you want to have a relationship with the living, breathing, amazing, all-knowing, all-present God of the entire universe who created you in your mother's womb, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand and we're going to pray a prayer together. And just accept Jesus into our hearts. Tonight, this can be the night that starts your life anew. This is the night that you sit by the well and say, I'm going to receive of this living water that is Jesus. Okay, I see your hands. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That we don't have to be anything special, unique, amazing, perfect perfection. That we can just be your daughters that sit next to you at the well with your arm around us, and we can receive everything that you are. Thank you, Lord, for living water and these beautiful women. I pray that today would mark them forever and that they would even go now. What's so awesome about the woman at the well, she didn't need formal training. She didn't need a bunch of time with Jesus. She went straight back. After this meeting, you can go straight back to your family and tell them what God has done for you. there's women in here tonight who you know God has put a dream in your heart, God's put an idea in your heart, you're a pioneer, you're a way maker, you're a trailblazer, and you have not done it. And God is speaking to, speaking to you tonight about your insecurity. He's speaking to you tonight about your excuses. He's speaking to you tonight about your doubts and what he said to you and how you can hear his voice. And if that's you tonight, if you have come and received a ton, but you don't maybe know where to start and how to go back and tell people, I'm going to get you to just look up at me and raise your hand. Thank you. You say, okay, there's something inside of me. It's in there, but I I don't really know what it's going to look like when it comes out. I'm going to pray for you. Lord, thank you for these women. Thank you that they are your royal daughters, that you delight in their beauty, that you knit them in their mother's womb, that every gift, every talent, every calling, you hand picked to put on the inside of them. And now we ask you, we come together as sisters, and we ask you to give them boldness, we ask you to give them courage, we ask you to give them creative ideas. And even if they didn't raise their hands, I pray that this would be a woman, a company of women who are creative in reaching other people with your good news. I pray for neighbors. I pray for new creative recipes. I pray for gifts. I pray for ideas from heaven to penetrate this place. So just like the Samaritan woman, we can be recorded as entire villages and people and neighborhoods, workplaces, schools, the streets, becoming to know you because of our testimony. Do something in us tonight. I thank you, Lord, that you are releasing your spirit. You are releasing a pioneering spirit in this room that is not afraid to go in the highways and the byways where the gospel has not been preached. I pray like Paul said that we would have a passionate pursuit of preaching as a pioneer. To pioneer the way of preaching where women have not yet heard. Where men have not yet heard. Where children have not yet heard. Lord, we're honored to be in your presence. but We don't want to leave this place without your presence. So come with us. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to come with us, lead us, guide us. And in your name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, thank you, guys. That was fun.